1: Hello to our fellow royal lovers, and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Molly. Molly, another week, and the royals are back. They're back to work. Summer break is over, so it's good to see them out and about. Yeah,
0: I mean, they did keep us pretty busy this summer, (laughs) even on their... On their holidays, as we say in the UK. So Mm -hmm. now I guess it's gonna be an even more, we're all back to
1: school and we're gonna be doing even more. (laughs) We're gonna be doing even more. Well, let's get into our royal roundup because we have a lot to talk about and kick it off with Harry celebrating his 37th birthday by formally posing with Meghan Markle for their first magazine cover shoot for Time 100. Now, the pair were named part of Time 100's 100 Most Influential People of 2021, and Jose Andres, World Central Kitchen founder, wrote the feature on the couple... And he said, springing into action is not the easy choice for a young Duke and Duchess who have been blessed through birth and talent and burned by fame. It would be much safer to enjoy their good fortune and stay silent. That's not what Harry and Meghan do or who they are. Now, the couple did say they were very humbled to be on the cover, and they said that through their Archwell Foundation website. Now, the news came as Prince William and Duchess Kate sent Harry a very happy birthday message. So hopefully things maybe are looking up between them. Who knows, but we'll have to wait and find out. Now the brothers are featured separately on screen to honor their late grandfather, Prince Philip, in their brand new documentary, which is being featured later this month on BBC One. Um, It seems like a lot of royal family members are participating in this documentary and kind of taking a look back at his life and his legacy and what he really was behind the palace doors.
0: Yes, it's interesting to see who... who is participating and who isn't. Mm -hmm. From the trailer, we see Prince Harry, Prince William, and Zara Tyndall, Mm -hmm. who obviously are Prince Philip's grandchildren. Um, But he has many other grandchildren as well, who I'm not sure if they're participating or not. It seems like they're not. None of the spouses who married in seem to be participating. Mm -hmm. And apparently Prince Andrew is going to appear in the program. Yeah. Which is a choice. <laughs> Which
1: is a choice. <laughs> it definitely is a choice. Yeah, we're going to talk more about Prince Andrew coming up, but he has obviously, with all of the legal issues going on, he has taken a step back from the royal family since 2019. So this is probably one of the first things that he has done publicly, besides going to the funeral and things like that, since then. Yeah, I, and, and that because this are- interview.
0: Yes. Disastrous interview. Mm -hmm. Since Zara Tyndall is participating too, I guess they're sort of trying to draw a line. Like this isn't about working royals. It's Mm -hmm. about the actual family, which makes complete sense. But also, again, is it worth the PR nightmare that's going to happen when everyone watches it? Right imagine what it's what twitter's going to be like
1: already you know totally and i think the majority of this was filmed um before prince philip's death because they were actually going to show this to mark his 100th birthday in june but decided to push the date a little bit because of uh because of his death but it will be interesting to you know get to know him a little bit more behind uh behind the scenes and I'm sure Harry and William will have a lot of uh, good stories and Prince Charles is also featured in the trailer as well so I'm sure we'll get a lot of good tidbits in there. Definitely and it's interesting it looks
0: like they all filmed totally separately. I would love Mm. to have been on the email chains arranging all of this. Seriously, because,
1: <laughs> production <you> know, nightmare. <laughs> it was probably a very delicate dance. <laughs> yes, seriously. Well, um, like we said, the royal family is back to work, and they were also paying tribute to the victims of 9-11. Uh, the changing of the guard had a special ceremony to commemorate the 20th anniversary of the attack, so take a look at this. Yeah. I thought this was a beautiful way to tribute, um, all the victims of nine 11 and the queen also sent out a poignant message as well. Yes. I love this tribute. They did it 20 years ago,
0: right after nine 11 Mm -hmm. at, um, Buckingham palace. And it just always makes me like tear up when I watch the video Mm -hmm. and now, yeah, they did it this time in Windsor and, um, the Queen's statement, she wrote a letter to Joe Biden, Mm -hmm. um, you know, saying that she remembers everybody who was affected. Uh, there was also something that I didn't realize. 67 British nationals were among the victims on 9-11. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, they they definitely went out of their way to pay tribute to mm-hmm. everybody who was involved. Definitely. And she also reflected um, on her visit where she visited the World Trade Center back in 2010 and said that, you know, it was a, a trip that always stayed with her. Um, Harry and Megan also, um, paid tribute to the victims of 9-11 on their website, honoring them on this day. So it was nice, uh, for our friends across the pond to acknowledge nine eleven 9-11 because it was such a, a tragic day for so many. Right. And it's ha- it's kind of, you know, it's hard to think of how to pay tribute to it because
0: right. there are so many different ways to do it. And it's interesting to see the unique ways that different Royal family
1: members did yeah. it definitely. All right, well, moving on to Prince William, he is back to business like we said after a well-spent summer and in honor of 999 day, the duke paid a visit to South London to see first responders. Now, this is def- definitely important to him and, you know, definitely definitely was a choice to, you know, do this as one of his big first events back.
0: Right. So, 999 is the British version of 911, mm-hmm. which I'm very glad we're talking about this because I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) Now I'll know, God forbid, if I need it. (laughs) Um, and yeah, like you said, this is very special to Prince William because he was a first responder for so long. He was a helicopter pilot with the uh, rescue services. So he spoke to people who have been saved by first responders. He spoke to people who are first responders. It looks like he had a really genuine bond with a lot of them through, through the photos and everything. Um, yeah, it it looked like
1: a really nice, nice event. Definitely, definitely. And we're actually getting some um, new information of Prince William and Duchess Kate's charity organization. And it was revealed in their plans in a new 2020 trustees report that they are focusing more on diversity efforts. Now, this is interesting because it comes in the wake of, uh, obviously, Meghan and Harry talking about uh, racism within the royal family. So do you think that they wanted to, you know, do you think that maybe Harry and Meghan's statements had anything to do with this? Yeah. I mean, putting my tinfoil hat on, there's a lot of different
0: little echoes of Harry and Meghan's impact in mm-hmm. the statement that they put out. Sure. Like you said, they said that they are going to make sure no one is discriminated against or harassed. And they also use the word bullying, Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which we all know there's an ongoing bullying investigation regarding the treatment of staffers, in kensington palace when harry and megan were there so yeah i mean either this could just be a completely independent conclusion that they've reached or it could be a little bit of royal shade
1: i don't know it's I, yeah you it's your mileage may vary i guess yeah i i have a feeling you know harry and megan's impact is definitely making its presence known because it's like it's hard for them to avoid that because you know, such a shadow is casted over the royal family after that interview. And, you know, like you said before, Prince William came out and said, we are not a racist family. Um, A spokesperson uh, talked this week or last week, I believe, saying that, you know, the royal family supports the Black Lives Matter movement. So it seems like they are definitely making a conscious effort to make diversity uh, the forefront, which, you know, is a great thing. It's not a bad thing. It just seems like Harry and Meghan may have uh, influenced them a little bit more. Right,
0: definitely. And I guess it's better late than never. Right. Um Yeah, but it yeah, it's better late li- better late than never. I'll just right. stop there. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Um, well, in between getting back to work, Kate and William definitely had something big to celebrate. And that was her brother James's wedding. We've talked about James Middleton before and I love him. I'm obsessed with him. I think his Instagram is great with all of his dogs. And now it seems like he is very happy. He had a wedding in France and it looks like it was a beautiful event from just, you know, the the little selfie that he shared. <laughs> I love
0: just as a couple, they seem so low key while Mm -hmm. also being absurdly glamorous. Like they're just always, you know, posting about their dogs, but it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, but you're also the brother to the future queen of England. Mm -hmm. And your wife is this
1: super chic French lady. They've, they've just nailed it. They should be influencers. Really, <laughs> they really should. They just say, and they, like you said, they just seem so normal with such an abnormal life, I guess. And, yeah. at the, and the entire um, Kate, William, and the kids were also uh, in attendance at the wedding. No pictures have been released of them, but they were all in attendance. And I love the story of how James and his wife met, right? Yes.
0: Oh, it's so cute. So his dog, Ella, um, he, he was trying to take Ella to get some water at a sports club in London. And the dog went immediately to Alize, his now wife, and he said he was embarrassed and he went over to apologize and bring the dog back but I guess they just felt a spark and then they ended up
1: getting engaged and then married. The rest is history. I love it. Um, Well, unfortunately for Harry and Meghan, they didn't really have much to celebrate since their tell-all interview lost out on an Emmy, but it actually lost out to a really good show. (laughs) I know, but I'm like, okay, I need to watch this. Stanley Tucci searching for Italy. Like, what kind of bombshells does he drop about? No, no bombshells, but a lot of pasta, and a lot of a lot of great food, a lot of great sights. I mean, it's a fabulous show. But definitely, I'm sure Harry and Meghan maybe thought that this one could have been in the bag since this was one of the most highest rated uh, TV shows this year. Yeah,
0: and it was just explosive. I mean, mm. it is very interesting that it didn't win. This it was the best hosted nonfiction series. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe it was just because there wasn't much that went into it besides getting them to sit down and talk.
1: Right. Yeah. I guess Stanley's putting in the work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm gonna need to watch this Italy show. Yeah. Find out what kind of secrets
1: he's uncovering about Italy. It's definitely a good one. All right, well, moving on, uh, like we said before uh, about Prince Andrew. Now, his legal team said a civil suit brought against him by Virginia Roberts Griffey is baseless and that papers in the case were not properly served. Now, this is, of course, going on about um, his connection with Jeffrey Epstein. And that his lawyer released a statement saying that we believe, however, that this is a baseless, non-viable and potentially unlawful lawsuit that plaintiff has filed against the Duke. There has been a settlement agreement that the plaintiff has entered into a prior action that releases the Duke and others from any and all potential liability. So this is what his uh, lawyer had said. Now, this is this has been going on for quite some time since back in 2019. Right. So they're basically saying that it's baseless because they already settled a prior lawsuit. Yes. And then and that the papers were not properly served to him. And her attorneys are saying that they were properly served to him and he has denied any wrongdoing. And but U.S. authorities have previously accused him of not cooperating, not cooperating in attempts to interview him as part of the Jeffrey Epstein investigation
0: don't you think it's just such a bad look to be trying to get out of this on a technicality? Yes. Like, Mm, if you didn't do anything, then just go to court and, like, talk about it under oath. Mm -hmm. To to be saying, like, oh, this is baseless because the papers weren't filed properly, it's such a slap in the face to sexual assault victims Mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Even if he truly feels that he didn't do it, everyone should be supporting efforts to like help the legal system get through these cases it's mm-hmm. notoriously hard for victims to to get justice so just part, just participate in the justice process if yeah. you have nothing to fear why are you like well you didn't dot the i properly so this is now baseless it's just the worst
1: look it really where, where is. is where is his pr on this like I just, oh. I feel like he doesn't listen to his PR. I feel like he thinks that he is above the law in everything that has to do with this. I mean, even going back to that, like we said before, that horrible interview that he did with the BBC around the time that this happened. Like, he just was not getting the magnitude of what this woman went through and just doesn't care. And it seems like, you know, it's, it, it's continuing a few years later. So we'll see how this kind of plays out. We'll keep you guys updated. Like we said, we don't really want to shed too much of a spotlight on this because it's such a, uh, a heartbreaking story for this poor victim. But, you know, we'll, we'll keep you updated as uh, the details keep coming in. But let's switch gears a little bit and spill the royal tea. And um, Princess Diana is hitting the screen once again, this time in musical form in the Broadway musical, uh, Diana. Take a look. Hello. I'm Diana. So what do we think of Diana the musical? This was supposed to come out a while ago. It got pushed back because of the pandemic, but now it is hitting Netflix in October and just another variation, iteration of Diana's life kind of being brought to screen.
0: It's definitely going to be really different from the Kristen Stewart one and The Crown. It's going to be, you know, it's a musical, so I'm sure it's going to be Cheesy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wig is a little. You know, we always have to talk about the Diana wig because it's hard to nail. This wig is very much like the nun who was a principal of my grammar school. I, but I'm still gonna watch this, and I'm probably gonna love it. I just love a musical. I think it's
1: fun. What do you? Are you gonna? Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm definitely going to watch, of course. And, you know, we see like just in the trailer, we see Senna, some of her fashion, big fashion moments, of course, with the black dress, uh, you know, the revenge dress. I think we see Prince Charles and Camilla kind of kissing. So there's definitely going to be the the scandal, the fashion, and of course the music. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they, um, you know, what with the lyrics and the the music choices and how they make her life come to life in musical form. So it should be interesting.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm going to definitely research what's Diana's favorite type of wine and crack a bottle so I can really enjoy it. I think that's the best way to go into any musical.
1: I totally (laughs) agree with you. I totally agree with you. All right. Well, now it is time to break down the royal rules and to help us do that is True Royalty TV founder, Nick Bullen. It's been a little bit quiet for Kate the past couple of months. We actually haven't seen her in um, two months. I mean, any idea as to why, or is it just that she's taking some time off to be with her family?
2: Um, I think the, the Cambridges really want to try and be uh, a private family as much as they can possibly be. So come those summer months, come the school holidays, I think they're pretty focused on being with the children, they go back up to the house in Norfolk. I mean, where they live in Norfolk, I know very well. It's really close to the beach. You know, it's in the most spectacular part of Britain. So they can, they can really retreat and be a young family on holiday. And then, of course, uh, I think one of the reasons she might have been a little bit quiet is I think she might have been helping her brother with his wedding because they've just announced, of course, mm-hmm. James got married in France. The Cambridges were there with the kids. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I think she's been pretty busy this summer with the children on the beach in Norfolk, a quick trip to see great granny in Scotland at Balmoral, and then whipping down to Provence to do the uh, the Middleton wedding. So. Busy for them, but quiet for us.
1: And, you know, obviously, uh, a lot of conspiracy theories were going around about why Kate, you know, may have taken some time away from the spotlight. People said maybe that she's pregnant with baby number four. Do you think that there's any possibility that they would have another child?
2: Look, I don't know. I'm not privy to that sort of information. But I think they feel that they've got, you know, a pretty perfect family. And uh, I think Kate was always very keen to follow her parents and have that sort of family of five. She's matched it. And I think my own view is they'll probably stop here.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Especially because she was so sick during all of her pregnancies as well. I can't imagine that she'd probably want to go through that once again.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
2: I think you're right. She had a really tough time with all of those pregnancies. And I think also I was having lunch with someone a couple of weeks ago who knows um, both of them very, very well. And they are really focused over the next 12 months on their work. You know, both of them turn 40 next year, and they, um, they are really keen to be promoting their charities, their initiatives, their foundation. And I think for them, uh, the next 12 months is all about the work. It's not about a, a new baby.
1: Yeah, definitely. And now that life's getting a little bit easier for them, children-wise, now that they're a little bit older, I can't imagine going back to the newborn stage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, they're focusing a lot of, on their work. They released some information about um, their organizations and things like that. I mean, what do you think that they're going to be focusing on in the next 12 months? There was also those reports that they may be moving closer to Windsor to take on some more responsibility for the Queen. I mean, what do you kind of project for them over this next year?
2: I think the next 12 months for the Cambridges will be very much about supporting the Queen. Mm-hmm. Next year is the Queen's Platinum Jubilee year. Um All the members of the royal family are very aware of the fact that it's her year. They've got to support her. You know, the headlines shouldn't be about them. The headlines next year should be about the Queen in her 70th year. So I think you will see Kate and William really stepping up to support the Queen uh, over the next 12 months, but also working very closely on their own uh, specific initiatives. You know, um, the Best Beginnings, Kate's sort of early years initiative, hugely important to her. William's work in conservation, incredibly important to him. Mm-hmm. There's a big anniversary next year for Tusk, one of his main um, conservation charities. Uh, he'll be doing a lot there next year. And, um, and then I think also their foundation, you know, since the Royal, the, the Royal Foundation became just about Kate and William when Harry and Meghan left, mm-hmm. it's, it's a big, big focus for them. And I think the work of that foundation will be incredibly important. But everything pales behind making sure 2022 is all about the Queen.
1: Definitely, definitely. And switching gears a little bit, there was a report last week that um, Omid Scobie came out and said that, you know, William and Harry will probably never see eye to eye. Do you agree with that statement? And what do you think it would take for these two to get back on track?
2: I think the depth of the um, sadness and split between the two brothers is incredibly deep and incredibly warm. Um, and I think it's going to take a lot to get the two of them back together. Uh, I think at the moment, William and Kate are focusing on their work, focusing on the children, focusing on supporting the Queen. I don't think, I don't know, but I do think they spend a lot of time thinking about um, the, the Harry and Meghan situation. Harry and Meghan have made their new life. They're focused on that. Harry clearly doesn't seem to be spending um, a lot of time thinking about his impact on the family in the UK. So I think they're both, as Harry put it, on their own parts. They'll always be brothers. They'll always want to um, have some level of contact. But I think it's pretty distant at the moment from what I'm told by those close of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, would you think that um, Harry and Meghan, you know, there was some reports that they may be trying to meet with the Queen to have the christening for their daughter over in the UK. Have you heard anything about that? And do you think that the Queen will ever meet her great-granddaughter?
2: The Queen will definitely meet her great-granddaughter. I think she really would want to. And um, as the Queen has always said, you know, Harry and Meghan are much loved members of the family. Mm -hmm. And I think the Queen rises above all of this sort of petty bickering, you know, this is her family, these are her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren. Of course she wants to meet them. I think Prince Charles really wants to meet his granddaughter. You know, Prince Charles is incredibly sad, I'm sure, about everything that's gone on. So the family will want to meet each other. Mm. And uh, and I think, again, the Jubilee is a perfect opportunity for that because if Harry and Meghan do come back to the Jubilee, and I'm, sure they will, because they have to be seen to be supporting the Queen. It's a great moment for everyone to be together, uh, and everyone's going to have to play nicely and behave well, because, again, it's the Queen's moment. You know, we've all been to those weddings, haven't we, where family members come together, everybody hates each other, Mm -hmm. but actually... For that one day we all behave nicely because it's not our day. It's someone else's day. It's
1: <laughs> so true, a way,
2: true. So way through. All
1: right, well let's move on to our royal history moment of the week. And that actually goes to Emma Raducanu, who at just eighteen became the first British woman to win a grand slam since nineteen ninety seven. And of course, like you mentioned before, the Royals sent their well wishes. I absolutely love this. What a what a great story for this young woman and she's got such a bright career ahead of her, which is kind of what but, uh, Queen Elizabeth and Duchess Kate said, yes it was fun
0: to see Kate as we said weigh in because we know that she's such a jock she loves sports she's always weighing in on the sports stuff I was not expecting the queen to weigh in yes. which is re-
1: really cool it is really cool yeah she said that you, you can tell you know all the hard work that she put in especially her and her opponent opponent and they are basically the future of tennis and this was really cool Emma did speak out on the today show and she was kind of like flabbergasted being like I can't believe the queen and uh, Duchess Kate weighed in and, and thanked me or sent me some well wishes. So definitely a cool moment for her and, and one for the history books.
0: Yeah. I just can't imagine being 18 years old and and having such an accomplishment. It's It's really really
1: awesome. Pretty awesome. All right. Before we wrap up, we have to check in on our Royal kids. And now that they are back to school, People may want to know what teachers and classmates call Prince George, Princess Charlotte, and Prince Louis, and it seems like it's actually pretty normal. (laughs) Yeah, the
0: the royal kids do not use their titles in Mm -hmm. school, even though officially their title is your royal highness, prince, whatever. uh, In school, they just use their first name, and they go by the last name Cambridge. Mm. So that's, that's what they do. And when Harry and William were in school, they went by the last name Wales because their father was the Prince of Wales. But you know, technically their real last name is Mountbatten-Windsor. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess when you're royal, you can just pick and choose. <laughs> you
1: can do whatever you want. <laughs> you can be whatever name you want to be. So very cool. It let, You know, it makes it more of a normal environment for them, I'm sure. And, you know, not as awkward, I would imagine right even though everyone really knows everyone knows they're like a little
0: special but yeah it's nice that they all pretend not to i guess
1: must be pretty cool to go to
0: school with a future king i know wow so awesome
1: well molly thank you so much for running down all things royals with me as always thank you christina keep commenting keep subscribing and molly and i will see you next week